Sober Powered is sponsored by BetterHelp. I've been married for eight years, and although it's been amazing, it has not been perfect. But the thing that keeps us together is how deeply we care for each other and how we're both willing to adapt and grow. Relationships aren't always perfect, but when you're open to working on things and hearing feedback, your relationships can blossom. Guys, I hate feedback. I want to always be right, and it's taken me a lot of work in therapy not to take things personally all the time. But taking things personally makes what my husband is trying to communicate all about me. If you're thinking of starting therapy, then check out BetterHelp. It's online, convenient, and works with your schedule. And you can switch therapists at any time so that you make sure you find the right fit. Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit betterhelp.com sober to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash sober. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Perspective can help you maintain your calm and not let other people have control over the way that you feel. For people in recovery, being able to stay calm and manage our emotions is critical. In this episode, I want to walk you through an example of a time where I was easily offended and flipped out over nothing versus a time when something worse happened, but I was able to have perspective and stay calm. You'll learn how you can work on adjusting your perspective and become more resilient and adaptable so things don't pile up and become overwhelming. So let's dig in. long-time listener of this podcast, which is not very many people, or you've binged all my episodes, then you may remember the sunglasses story. And if you do, then you are awesome and thank you. But if you don't, then it's a story that I told a couple times back when I first started this podcast. I was very emotionally reactive when I stopped drinking and my emotions were all over the place. The second time that I tried to stop drinking, I stopped for 90 days with willpower alone and no support. I also didn't want to be sober, so I was angry and irritable. On my first sober weekend, my in-laws came to stay with us and they liked to drink, so they brought a bunch of alcohol and we went out to dinner and drinks every night. It was not pleasant when I was only on day four. I was very on edge the entire time. One afternoon, I accidentally broke my cheap Target sunglasses that were about five years old and completely flipped out in front of my in-laws. I walked around saying, are you freaking kidding me? And I probably made everyone feel so uncomfortable. I think this is a perfect example of when things pile up 
and you don't know how to take anything off your plate. I don't think anyone is surprised that old $15 sunglasses broke, but I could not handle it. I was angry that I had to not drink and other people could, and I had no coping skills, and because I refused to get any support, I wasn't learning any skills either. If this story sounds like something you're experiencing, then just know you don't have to feel on edge all the time. We drink to take the edge off, but the edge doesn't have to always be there. You can learn to cope with stress without using alcohol to pretend that the stress doesn't exist. You may be thinking, why is this random sunglasses story from over three years ago in your head? Well, I had something happen recently that should have been the sunglasses story times a thousand, but it had no emotional impact on me. I had a very hot bowl of delicious spaghetti and was eating in front of the TV. I had two pot holders under my bowl to protect my coffee table, but while I was enjoying my TV show, the heat from my spaghetti was so much that it went through both of the potholders and was permanently damaging my table while I'm just watching TV with no idea. I found the mark the next day. The pattern on my potholders was a zigzag, so now my beautiful dark brown coffee table now has a white zigzag pattern burned into it. I love this table. An old me would have absolutely flipped out. But all I did was feel sad about it briefly and tell my husband how disappointed I was that my table was ruined. Then I moved on. I can't do anything about it, so I dropped it, even though I look at the destroyed table every day now. This happened a couple weeks ago, but I was inspired to do this episode because that's what acceptance and emotional maturity is all about. I accepted that my table is ruined and it is what it is. That's what I did with my drinking too. I realized this is just the way that I drink and that's it. What I want you to understand from those two stories is that when you can't cope, things pile up and tiny stressors have a major impact on your mood and behavior. But when you learn to deal with your feelings and face your life, stress can show up, but you can process it, see it for what it is and move on. A big component to stress is our perception. You've probably heard someone describing a situation that upset them and you thought, like, why are you so upset about that? It's nothing. But to them, it's a major deal. And that's because you and the other person have completely different perceptions of the event. I saw a post in a sober Facebook group from a person whose day was completely derailed by someone making a hurtful comment about their hygiene. The post was extreme, and I don't want to go into specifics out of respect for this person's privacy, but if it happened to me, I would think, geez, what a bitch, and move on. The person posting about this, though, was incredibly offended, and that is all based on their perception. They gave that person making a random 10 second comment complete power over their day and maybe even multiple days from what it sounded like. Random idiots that you don't even know should not have power over your feelings. And I'm saying this as someone who still does have my day controlled by random idiots, so, but I'm trying. Perspective is important, and your perspective and ability to handle things can either make your life easier or much more difficult. 
And when I read that post, my first thought was about how hard this person's life must be because their feelings are so sensitive to other people. Being easily offended has to do with a few things, one of which is your self-esteem. The lower your self-esteem, the easier you feel shame, so it becomes easier to offend you. People who are easily offended struggle to self-soothe and they take things very personally. It's easier to take offense and be outraged at the other person than it is to look inwards at our fears and insecurities and learn to self-soothe when we feel bad. Psychology research has even described the feeling of being offended as being a self-conscious emotion. Our perspective comes from our experiences and those shape how we view the world around us. If you follow me on Instagram, then you're probably aware that me and Blair from Sobriety Activist are very close friends. This happens all the time, but someone will make a comment or DM me something. I assume it's bad, send it to Blair for validation, and she has a completely different opinion of the comment. That's all based on our perspective. I can't speak for Blair and where her perspective came from, but I have had a lot of negative interactions with people and have been let down a lot, so I view the world as negative, and I assume that people have bad intentions. So here are some ways that we can work on improving our perspective so it's easier for us to handle stressors and so random people that we don't even know or that we barely know don't have the power to control the way that we feel. So number one is build your self-esteem. If you're a people pleaser, then building your self-esteem will help with this too. People pleasing comes from fear and wanting to control other people. We tell ourselves it's because we're too nice, but people pleasing is actually motivated by fear. And I'm still a people pleaser, so I'm saying it from personal experience. I don't want to tell people the truth because I say I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings, but really, I just want everyone to like me. I have no problem telling my husband the truth, and that's because I don't worry about losing his love. So the ways that I've worked on my self-esteem are buying clothes that actually fit me and make me feel comfortable in my body, eating foods that don't make me feel gross, exercising, doing self-care, having a career that makes me feel proud of myself, and being conscious of who I follow online so I don't compare myself to others. The second thing that we can do is to learn to let things go. Try asking yourself, is this actually a big deal? The sunglasses thing, that was not a big deal. I had $15 to go buy another pair of sunglasses. And even if I didn't, not having sunglasses is not the end of the world. When someone makes a troll comment online, which unfortunately happens like almost every day, I try to think, I don't even know who you are and you have no idea who I am. You made a quick judgment and attacked me for it. Your opinion does not matter. Not everything requires a major emotional reaction from us. So learn to pause and evaluate whether things are truly a big deal. And it also helps to learn some coping skills so you can reduce the amount of stress that you carry around. If you can't cope and stress continues to pile up, then you're going to freak out over tiny things like breaking your sunglasses. Another thing that you can do is to be around positive people. 
I didn't realize how much of an impact friends have on my life until I started hanging out with positive people. If you have friends who want to talk about the past, only want to talk about themselves, or want to do unhealthy stuff, then they're bringing you down. And the worst is people who one-up everybody else. I've had some friends like that, and whenever I see anyone doing that, I run away. A one-upper is someone who immediately shares how they've been through something worse when you try to share something with them, or they'll share their traumas inappropriately for shock value. And by inappropriately, I mean with complete strangers or in times that really aren't the best for talking about stuff like that. And if you're a one-upper or you are worried that you might be, when someone's telling you something about themselves, just let it be about them for a minute. You don't have to share about yourself or what you've been through. Ask them follow-up questions. So when you surround yourself with people who want to be better and be happy themselves, then you will naturally want those things for yourself too. And you'll push yourself more to get those things. So you help each other both grow. Another thing that we can do is become more adaptable and resilient. And this one's key. So I'm going to focus on this for a bit. We often think of resilience as how strong or weak you are, but it's really how able you are to adapt to challenging and stressful situations. Some people can adapt better than others, and your ability to adapt depends on your ability to change your perspective, manage your emotions, be willing to get support, and how many coping skills you have. Resilient people have cognitive flexibility. They look for opportunity, even when things are really hard and they're generally optimistic. Studies have found that believing in something greater than yourself also promotes resilience. So AA has a strong argument there for a higher power. People who are resilient will recognize and accept what they can't change about a situation, and they try to determine what they do have control over and focus on that. People who are not resilient will dwell on what they can't change, and this leads to less ability to cope and increases overwhelm. An article in the New York Times described interviews with highly resilient people who have overcome a lot of adversity and hardship, and they all had some shared characteristics. They don't dwell on the negative, and they try to find a positive outlook and look for opportunities. So what this means to me is that they are able to adapt their perspective in a way that helps them cope and move through hard times. Perspective and the way you think about something is critical. And the easiest example of this is to look at what happened with the vid. You can look at the people around you and see who was more adaptable than others. Some people crumpled in the face of that stress and turned to alcohol or food to cope. And other people used the isolation and work from home time as an opportunity to do something else. That doesn't mean that the first group is weak and the second is strong. It just means that the second group is very adaptable and able to change their perspective and look for other opportunities. And there are obviously life circumstances that determine how able you are to adapt. So some people have extraordinary hardship and it's very difficult for them to find opportunities or positivity. So I am not generalizing for every single person that exists. Resilient people also have a strong moral compass, according to these interviews, and they let that guide their decisions. 
They believe in something greater than themselves and have a religious or spiritual practice. They find a sense of purpose in helping others and are selfless. They focus their energy on what they do have control over, and they use skills of cognitive reappraisal, which I explained how to use in episode 94. So if you haven't listened to that one, that's a very important skill to learn. And resilient people also have a mission or a purpose in life, and they have a social support system where they get support and support others. So I thought it was interesting that resilient people don't try to do things alone. They recognize when they need support. So if you are looking to become one of these resilient people, then I think the two best things you can focus on first are adapting your perspective so you can identify what you have control over and stop focusing on what you can't change and get some social support. Support is key, and that's why groups like AA and Smart Recovery exist. And that's why I have my own small membership community where you can get social support and attend meetings. So I want you to stop thinking about it as I'm weak or I'm a loser. And instead, think about it as I need to get better at adapting. You can recognize whether or not you're adaptable by looking at things that have happened to you recently. Do small things like what other people say to you. Have the ability to completely derail your day and ruin your mood. If so, then that is one sign that you need to be more adaptive. Random idiots should not have control over your emotions. Feel free to use that as a mantra if you want. So you can work on your perspective, getting support, and learning to manage your emotions, and all of that will help you become more resilient, more adaptable, and handle stress so that it doesn't pile up and make you feel overwhelmed. So I hope after listening to this, you will do one thing to start moving in the right direction. So think about what that one thing might be. And if you're looking for social support and meetings, then head over to soberpowered.com slash membership and come hang out with a small supportive community. You got this. I believe in you. And I will talk to you next week. I'm Madeline, and I'm the host of the Happiest Sober Podcast. I got sober in my 20s after a decade of gray area drinking, and the greatest plot twist of all time was realizing that alcohol, the thing that I thought made my life the most happy and fun and exciting, was actually the exact thing preventing me from living my happiest and best life. My mom is 40 years sober, and she joins me on my podcast very often. I like to call her my part-time co-host, and I also bring you solo episodes where I share my top tips, tricks, and mindset shifts in sobriety, and lots of how to's for navigating all the things sober from weddings to parties to holidays to bachelorette parties to trips. I'm also joined by so many guests who come on and share their sober stories and they're all so, so inspiring. I'm here to show you that life doesn't end when you quit drinking. In fact, it's very much the opposite. And no matter what your relationship was with alcohol, life can be the absolute happiest when you're sober. New episodes come out every Tuesday. You can listen to Happiest Sober Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.